What's up, everybody? Welcome into Fantasy Polls. It's your boy, Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, along with that two-bit chump, Adam Ronis. You know what I'm saying? Right here on the Cloud 10 Podcast Network. The starting five, Adam Ronis. What's going on with you? Wow, you're already talking trash. We didn't even have an introduction yet, and you're already talking shit. Unbelievable. What? I expect that from you, man. That's what you do. And you don't back it up. Ronis, how's everything going? We are to the, the final the final days of August. We are less than a week, well, about a week away from the kickoff to the 2023 NFL season. How do you feel your fantasy draft season is going thus far? I feel that it's gone pretty well, which sometimes can be a bad thing. Check back with me in two weeks. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, I've generally – Felt really good about it. Done a lot of best balls, uh, redraft leagues, some high stakes leagues as well. So, so far, so good. Uh, my home league was the craziest draft so far. And usually it's very competitive. But my goodness, man, there were some horrendous picks in that draft. I feel like half the league is good and half the league is garbage, which typically hasn't happened. But uh, so I guess people can relate to that because, you know, in your home leagues, you're going to have a couple people who don't know what they're doing. Uh, I'm just not used to it because I guess I'm playing in so many competitive leagues where you don't really get awful picks. Yeah. And I felt like there were a lot of awful picks in that league. Like, I couldn't believe it. I don't know. I think a lot of people are all over the place with the draft board this year. I, I want to hop into it and get to some draft board stuff. But first, I, I got I to gotta tell you a situation that I'm going through right now, Ronis. So, you know, working on different programs. I don't want to name nobody or name no companies or anything like that. We're working on different programs and stuff like that, right? I um, you know, working with working with people and somebody sent me a message today like, hey, let's talk about teams that could possibly be tanking this year. For example, you know, like, you know, the person mentioned the Arizona Cardinals with their backup quarterback situation. The Patriots only have one backup quarterback, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I replied, you know what? I was thinking about possibly doing a section, a segment on Caleb Williams. So that could be a good idea. The person texts me back, Ronis, what does Caleb Williams have to do with tanking? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> so, you know, everybody... You want to reveal that person? I kind of don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that. <laughs> Sometimes, Ronis, I shake my head, you know what I'm saying, but... Trust me, man. You know that being in this business and, you know, again, there's a lot of really good people. But I think also the the way it is now with so many podcasts and the ability to put your voice out there. I think there are obviously some people who have a platform that shouldn't be on it. I'm not being disrespectful to anyone. I'm just being honest. You yeah. know, uh, I think the other thing I think, Corey, you can appreciate this, too, because I, I was thinking about this recently. Like, there's a difference. There's a lot of people who sit out there and listen and be like, oh, you know, I know much as them. I play in 30 leagues. I could do what they do. There's a big difference between sitting there difference. and doing it every single day at a top level. And you know this. We did it on the morning show every morning, early in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I didn't want to get up. But I love doing it. And you've got to do it at a high. And that was a three-hour show, you know, and you produced five hours. So, and you were on the mic a lot. Doing that every day consistently, I don't think people, and again, I'm not saying like, oh, it's the hardest job in the world, but there's people who do like a podcast once a week and you know, this and that. Doing it every day is is a lot different. And I know like 
from like 2010 until recently, like I did an average of six shows a week. Yeah. And sometimes more. You know, I remember Ronis when I was when we was well I, I was at FNTSY and I was doing from nine essentially I was doing from nine AM to two PM Monday through Friday. When I got off on Fridays, Ronis, I didn't want to talk. Right. Like I just wanted to rest my voice, you know what I'm saying? Like even when I do stuff with people now, they you know, they like, Oh my god, you do this. For real. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, this is this is my livelihood. You know what I'm saying? So when we when I say I was going to talk about Caleb Williams tanking, I don't expect to get back. <laughs> what does he have? What does Caleb Williams have to do with tanking? You know what I'm it's saying? A different, it's a different era, man. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And, you know, and I'm sure this person, I don't know who it is. I have an idea. I'm assuming they only do one sport, too. You know, which is funny because I'm still doing multiple sports. Yeah. You know, so... Again, it's. I think people don't realize the the effort and performance you have to put in on a consistent basis if you want to do this at a top level or be on a big platform. It's not just you know like sitting there talking with your friends. You have to be on top of everything. You have to be entertaining, which is also lacking. Um, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ronis, let me let me let me uh talk a little get to fantasy stuff right quick right um you know i don't like to be heavy on one specific player but i guess me drafting at the back end of the draft on a lot i've got a lot of cooper cup this year and i kind of don't mind it right we know how the injury history with cup is and obviously we don't expect the rams to be a good team this year hell they could be they could have caleb williams Whatever that's worth. But with that being said, when Cooper Cup got hurt last year, he was averaging 22 fantasy points a game in the PPR. He was he had better numbers than Justin Jefferson, Ronis. Oh, I, I know, because um, I did an article for TheMessenger.com about the preseason awards, and I was kind of surprised at how low Cooper Cup's number was for comeback player of the year. Um, I think, you know, he's in that conversation he was on a pace to win the Offensive Player of the Year last year. Again, back to back. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I think, I know in your GST draft, he fell to 11, which yeah. was stunning. Um, in mine, he went fifth. And then my home league, I had picked nine, and he fell there, and I couldn't click the button fast enough. Uh, so, yeah, look, again, he's back on the practice field. That is the only concern for him is injury. Even it, and, and I guess Stafford holding up, that's a concern too. But you know he's going to get the football a ton. Their defense is horrendous. They're going to be playing from behind. But Cup has the ability to finish as the wide receiver one this year. Yep, 100%. Hey, speaking of Stafford, you know, I'm going to be doing uh, on the Fantasy Executive YouTube Network later on today, talking about making bold predictions for the upcoming season. And I'll give you a sneak peek. One of them is going to be that Stetson Bennett closes down the season for the Rams this year. I think Stafford gets hurt. I think he gets healthy enough to come back. And I think they roll with Stetson Bennett. They have been impressed with Bennett so far in camp. Now, this is what I don't understand, Ronis. I ask people, right, you know Stetson Bennett, Georgia quarterback, won a couple national championships. I believe he was – I don't think he was undrafted. I think he may have been like a fifth or sixth round draft pick. Somewhere I later was, on. I think he was in the fourth, actually. Okay. So he was drafted. You know, some people thought he may have gone undrafted. 
you're like a guy who was like a Heisman candidate, a guy who's won back-to-back national championships. Why nobody got no love for him, right? And the first thing people say, well, he's old because, you know, Bennett is like 26, 27 years old. And then they would say, and he's short. And I'm like, well, the dude that just went one is short too. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like I don't understand that. But I, I do think that Bennett will get on. Um, I do think that Bennett is going to be in the mix this year. And speaking of Caleb Williams, though, Ronis, I think the NFL would love to see him with Sean McVay as the quarterback of the Rams. Uh, that would be pretty intriguing. Look, I think everyone right now will say Arizona is by far the yeah, worst team. It in looks the like they're going for it. From us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these, these trades here, you know, bringing in a quarterback, you know, who could start in Dobbs two weeks before the season begins. Uh, I think their win total is now three and a half. I, I mean, saw yeah, that, they, Joe. Right? That's insane, man. Uh, so they definitely look to be the worst team in the NFL. But you could see a scenario where the Rams are there, too. Their defense is horrendous, man. They just they lost so much. Um, and then, you know, if Stafford does get hurt or Cup goes down, they are pretty bad. So that that could potentially happen. I mean, in, I don't even know. who Who's the worst team in the AFC? Is it the... Is the Texans and they're improved? Yeah, and the Texans, you know, their win total is six and a half. Yeah, and um, see, it's almost like the it, Caleb Williams almost has to go to the NFC because you you gonna you, they're gonna have another All Star, you know, top quarterback yeah. in the AFC. The it's AFC like the balance of power. Loaded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there's always you know we sit here and we look at totals and analyze these things. Yeah. There's always massive surprises, right? Like last year. No one thought Seattle was going to be as good as they were. I mean, Geno Smith wasn't even supposed to start. A lot of people say, oh, it's going to be Drew Locke. And then Geno comes in there and tears it up. And Seattle surprises. Denver was supposed to be good last year. They were horrendous. So there's always going to be a few. It could be because of an injury. But, yeah, looking at it now, it's hard to see a team in the AFC that could have the worst record. Uh, because, yeah, the AFC North's really good. Um, the AFC South's clearly the worst. But you, I mean, maybe could it be the Colts? And they're not <laughs> going to draft a quarterback. You know, and you look That's at true. The, yeah, they, they and, they, and they're not yeah. just going to fall apart like that. Now, I think almost every team in the NFC would draft them. Like, obviously not not the Philadelphia. But if the Bears got the first pick in the draft this year. The, uh, I don't think they'd be that bad. I, I guess it would depend on how Fields is. I mean, if they if they get the one pick, that means Fields out of. That means Fields year. was bad, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I find it interesting. But back, back to the fantasy stuff. Um, Austin, oh, Tampa Bay we forgot about. Yeah, Tampa Bay is terrible. There we go. They're terrible, yeah. son. So now, but listen, Baker Mayfield will win. Like, yeah, you're right. He can win a few games. He can I win mean, a few games. we flashes from him. Mm-hmm. And he does have Godwin and Evans and Rashad White and KDOT. They do have some weapons, but they, they could be in that mix, too. They're a pretty big dog in week one, if I'm not mistaken, Tampa. I saw who they were playing earlier, and I'm like, you know what? I might. They play the Vikings in week one. Oh, yeah. And I, the Vikings are six points favorites. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I, Tampa could cover that. Oh, yeah. I with you. Look, the Vikings last year were, I think, 11-0 and in one-score games. Everything broke their way. I, I know, and you know what people do. Oh, Minnesota's way better than Tampa. They're going to cover. It doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. That's a that's a big number, you know what I'm saying, for a and team you know, like the I, Vikings. I think, too, if you look, 
I don't have specific numbers in front of me, but I think week one, you see a lot of upsets and teams keeping it close in week one because we really don't know about these teams yet. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I, I'm, I'm the same way, too. Like, I think it's going to be a couple upsets in week one. Um, I, I'll get back and share some of those with you a little bit later on, but um, Austin Eckler is the guy that's sliding out the first round. Well, he's sliding to the back end of the first round, it seems like, with every draft. I was in the draft last night. Here I am sitting at nine, Eckler on the clock. I pass him up, and he drops all the way to twelve. Is it? That's is it? Is it the offensive? Is it the offensive coordinator? I think it's a well because I'm in the same position. So in our GST draft, he went two five. That's crazy. And, so and uh, Chris Vaccaro passed on him for Saquon Barkley. I passed on him for Nick Chubb. So because uh, Vaccaro makes his pick, and he's like. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna give you someone here. Um, he's like, you're gonna get Eckler. And I was like, mm, I don't want him. And he's like, okay. So. Yeah, it's like the industry has turned on Eckler. Well, here's here, okay. Here's I have a couple of issues with Eckler, and again, maybe I'm, I might look bad on this, but uh, he's not a heavy volume guy to begin with. He's a 200 carry guy. He's been very reliant on touchdowns. 13 rushing last year, 12 the year before. Uh, 127 targets last year, 94 the year before. So they should still be there. But it is the change in offensive coordinator with Kellen Moore. They're going to push the ball downfield more. I don't think they're going to check down to him as much. Herbert barely threw the ball downfield last year. Probably a combination of his injury and just the way the offense was. So that's kind of part of it. Um, and again, a lot of touchdowns. He's relying on touchdowns and receptions. Now, it could go down and he could still be very good. But I just think that he's, for me, I'm not going to take him in the first round. Maybe I should have taken him early second, but I really think Nick Chubb has a massive year. And I know the, the key, though, for Chubb is, is he going to be involved in a passing game more? That's going to be the key. If he can get 40 to 45 receptions. He'll blow I, Austin Eckler out the water. Well, if Austin yeah, Eckler comes down as well, though. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the big thing is because, uh, you know, I don't think people realize. And, again, it goes to show you, too, the value of receptions in PPR. Eckler hasn't even had a 1,000-yard rushing in the last uh, – actually, he's never had it in his career. He had 9-15 last year in 17 games, 9-11 the year before. Like I said, 204, 206 carries. But, you know, he puts up, like, you know, wide receiver numbers in the pass game and the touchdowns. 20 total touchdowns two years ago. 23 last year. That's why. Like, I mean, uh, no, last year was 18 and then 20 the year before. I mean, it's just, can you count on it again? I mean, we probably said the same thing last year. Like, well, is he going to score 18 again and uh, uh, 20? And no, he had 18. So, but yeah, I think that's my issue. And I don't know, maybe you're overrating it too much and overthinking it, but I felt it was the right call at the time. And yeah, that was as far as I seen him fall. Two. Five in this league. That's so, wow. That's crazy. And it's yeah. like this is and not a league with with whack players. This is dudes that know how no, to, to play. Is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is you know, um, uh, like a mid stakes league uh, that you would see um, FFPC and FFC. You know, it's over three hundred bucks. And yeah, there's good players in this. So, I, it, you know, I think your draft board is a little bit different from mine because we do two leagues of twelve in the Greta Street Tavern League and then play for an overall. Uh, so ours was very wide receiver heavy. Um, so and most drafts are like that now. You're just seeing, but I I still I think in home leagues though, it might be different. I think you still might see 
there's heavy so running back running yeah. backs. Yeah. I, I think it also depends on the starting lineup. Like our starting lineup is two running backs, three receivers, and two flex spots, like the FFWC. And I love that format setup. And you know, I've been giving advice to people. If you're starting two receivers, two running backs, and one flex, like this is a year where I'm more apt to taking a quarterback at a tight end early in that me too because yeah Mm -hmm. i think you have to and that's where it's very important know your league rules and league setups but i think in that format like and i've been trying to get a a league quarterback this year um in all my leagues like in the gst i got trevor lawrence i probably jalen hurts was there for me in round three and i passed and um then hurts and allen went off the board um, I did take Jalen Hurts in an FFWC at 4-7, but you know in that format, yeah, still late. Even in that format where they fall, I was like, yeah. I can't pass them up here. You know, I did FFWC last night, Ronis, um, and I, 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 I got the A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts stat. Oh, I got, what I got, did you take Hurts? I, got, I took Hurts on the 3-4 on, on the, on the turn. Okay, yeah. He's so I jumped him as the first quarterback off the board. Yeah. I, I took him, and the next person took Patrick Mahomes. I think in the FFW, like in the FF, if I like, I'm not gunning for the stack, but if I can get it in the tournament format, Ronis, I'm 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 not really going to pass it up because I think that's how you have to win if you're trying to knock down the whole thing. And I'll be honest with you, Ronis, winning the league is nice that it clean you up for a weekend. I get my Zion Williamson on, but you know I want to do a little bit more than that. You know what I'm saying? I want to have multiple Zion Williamsons. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I think that's the key is you don't want to force the stack if it happens naturally. And I think, too, the other thing about Philadelphia that I haven't really heard many people say, you know a lot of those guys sat the fourth quarter last year? They had such big leagues that they weren't throwing the ball out in the second half. They were sitting in the fourth quarter. They had a real easy schedule. I don't see that happening. The schedule is year. tougher this year. Yeah. I don't know if they're a 14-win team this year, but no. I don't think the production dips. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I don't I'm think saying, the production like dips the pro- too much. Yeah. The production could actually increase if you're right. in more competitive games. Now, A.J. Brown had a massive year last year, so I haven't checked this in a couple Ron, years. Ron, almost averaged like 18 yards a catch. Yeah, he's he's insane. I think, so the books had his prop, and I don't know if it's moved. This was like two, three weeks ago, maybe even a month. 1,050 yards. That's like, He's going to smash that. Well, he the should. only way he doesn't if he's if he gets hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he went over that two years in Tennessee – where he only had 52 and 70 receptions. 21, he had some injuries. Last year, he had 1,496 yards. Like, yeah. I mean, but I always worry. I'm like, oh, this looks too easy because it usually isn't. I mean, again, season-long props, you're usually better off taking the under because guys get hurt. But, man, that is just such a low number for A.J. Brown. Yeah, I know. I'm really into him coming into the season. So, uh, I'm into Devontae Adams this year, too. Where are you at on Jimmy Garoppolo? Garoppolo, I have not taken in any league. I'm not, not taking him in a, in a league, but as far as I think the I think the, the the people dislike Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that's why they're fading Devontae Adams, a guy who had 180 targets last year. I have Adams in two leagues, and to be honest, it was because he fell. I wasn't targeting him. So the Superflex league that I did in New York I think Adams came back to me in round was super flex. So I took Trevor Lawrence at pick twelve, came back with Tyreek Hill, and then Adams came back. I'm like, okay, you, I'm, you're gonna give me Devontae Adams as my wide receiver too. Okay, I'll take it. So, and then I took him in a best ball league. So I think people, 
I think it's a combination of factors with Devontae Adams while he's falling. Number one, people are enamored with Amon Ross St. Brown and now Garrett Wilson in that range. And you got Lamb and A.J. Brown. So they're taking those guys ahead of him. Adams should still be fine. I guess age is a factor too, a year older. So that's another one. So, oh, yes, just catch the prop, baby. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Trey Turner on fire. Anyway, so I think that's a big part of it is that those receivers are receiving a lot of steam. Uh, so I understand it. Like, I have him, I think I have him ranked 10th of receiver. Like, you would take him, you would you, okay, would you take him over CeeDee Lamb? I would not take him over CeeDee Lamb because AJ I don't Brown? have to. I would not take AJ him over Brown? him because I don't have to. Garrett Wilson? I would take him over Garrett Wilson. You would? So yeah. you're not buying the Garrett Wilson? No, I love Wilson. Garrett Wilson. I'd take Garrett Wilson next. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, Devontae Adams and Garrett Wilson is there? I'm taking Adams. Now, if I'm if I'm on that same spot four times, I'll probably take Adams three times and Wilson once. Okay. Yeah, I, so I think that's really it with Devontae Adams is he just – he's not as, like, sexy as those other guys. And you know how it is. Guys get older and everyone's like, ah, you know, Devontae Yeah, Adams you get kind of bored of – And they're worried about – I think they're worried about the offense too. Um, yeah, it's Garoppolo. They should be pl- – but the, the offense is not bad. The but, offense I mean, wasn't a problem me, last year. You, there's really, you're right though. There's, there's not a huge difference between Garoppolo and Carr. Garoppolo knows the offense better Carr than Carr. Carr throws a better deep ball. Carr throws a better deep ball. I think that was the issue. And I did see a quote from Garoppolo about a week ago saying, "Yeah, still working on the deep game with Adams, this and that." So, because remember, Garoppolo throws intermediate. The offense he was in, yeah, in San Francisco. So I think so. That's something to keep an eye on, but. Yeah, I mean, Adams, I think, should be fine. I mean, he's 30 years old. It's not like that's really old for a receiver. Yeah. And then, like I said, the way I'm getting him at and that and that turn, um, I really don't mind it that much. What are you what – is, what, is, what this Jonathan Taylor situation is a pain in the ass, uh, bro. Dude, I think – I don't know if we spoke about it, but I did go on a podcast recently, and this was before. I said I'm completely out on him, man. Yeah, Look, I had him one here's, place here's a couple thing, weeks and, ago, and I'm, I'm, and I'm – thank God I took Evan Hall in that same draft. I but have, yeah, I'm saying thank God for Evan Hall on the Colts. I know, but we don't Jesus. even know. It could be Zach, it's Zach Moss. You don't know. Healthy, yeah, exactly. Jackson. But, yeah, you know, you're right, though. You take uh, – I did it in FFPC in a couple of weeks. You take Harlan. Well, it's fourth to fifth round for a back like that. I said, I got to. Here's the thing with Taylor, okay? To me, there was way too many red flags at the beginning. Number one, I mean, okay, he didn't want to be there, obviously. He was upset about his contract. He wanted to trade. He but was no, that's not court. how it started. In the, in the spring, he was talking about how it's not his time yet and that he was going to be good to go in and it wasn't an issue. Then he yep. hired that new agent and all the running backs started talking about how they eating out the trash can, and it's like it put a battery in his back. Yeah, well, I'm talking even, you know, as we got, I mean, July and August. Like, there were already red flags. He was coming off surgery. Offensive line also is not as good as it was two years ago when he had the massive year. You now have a running quarterback coming in that's going to take away some goal line carries. How much is he going to be involved in the passing game? So, for me, there were just too many red flags. And if it's going to be like that in round two or round three, I'm just going to pass. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, people make this mistake. It's something I learned years ago. We sit there, we're like, everyone passes on a player. Wow, this guy's a great value. I got to take him here. I know there's a price for every player, but when you're talking second, third round, just pass on the guy, man. There were, and, and look, we, we could have easily sat here today and been like, wow, he went to Miami. People who got Taylor around three, round four, hit a home run. But the chances of that happening, we kind of knew were slim. No one's going to trade 
draft capital for this guy and then you got to pay him so i just stayed away from him in every draft i i'm moving him way down my rankings i'm just not gonna take him at this point i i don't even know what round it would have to be yeah nah, at, know, at this point he's off the board yeah man like uh, okay so in the gst he went uh round four pick five i had round four pick four i passed on him like i said i'm i'm just not gonna do it um uh, I guess if you have an IR spot, it's a little different. But even yeah. then, I'm not messing with it, man. Nah, uh-uh. it, se- it seems too nasty. It seems personal. It seems stupid if you ask me. I put that that adjective in there as well. But um, it's, it's really a lot, and I really think he's been giving some bad advice. But like you said, with that O-line, the injuries, and, and the running quarterback, it may have been time to turn away from him anyway. So And that's why you see this big dip right now. And and listen, that's the case. Um. What about Najee Harris? He is still floating in an area to where people are like, mm, let's see if he's let's see if he's there when I'm when I come back. And a lot of people around this are very optimistic about the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Do you oh, see I that am. their win total is up to nine and a half now? Uh, yes. Their it win total is nine. Half, it right? was eight and a half, and now yeah. it's nine and a half. Uh, look, I, I'm high on them, too. And it was not because of the preseason. Although the Kenny Pickett improvement was big. His arm looks a lot better. He was a guy, and I can show you, dra- uh, draft, uh, like, May and June, I was taking him as a QB, too. Uh, but his preseason has been impressive. I was a little worried because they didn't change offensive coordinators. Matt Canada is terrible. Hopefully, they they change it and open it up. Maybe because they were just trying to bring Pickett along solely. But with Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Fryer, I mean, this team's loaded. So... I actually think a week one they're going to beat San Francisco. I agree. Um, I got them on the okay. money line week yeah. one versus San Francisco. I haven't checked the this line. This will be it their was, fifth straight three. week one. Now? This will be their fifth straight week one victory. Let me see if it's got the two and a half. And I'm going to look at that right I'm now. I'm sure it probably Because I, it's, another, it's something else that's interesting. Like I said, I think, I think they've won four straight week one games, if I'm not mistaken. They're, dude, they're, they're coming in prepared. I, they played their starters in the preseason. It's two and a half now. Yeah. I'd still take the Niners. Like you said, I'm, I'm with you on the money line, yep. too. Great, great quote. Uh, asked about playing the starters in preseason. He said, "He said boxers don't go into a match without sparring." Yeah, dude, Tomlin's phenomenal, bro. Like that dude is—he's the he's, best. He's really him, good. Him, Belichick, you know, Andy Reid, guys like that, actively are, are the best quarterbacks in the league. I, do, I mean, head coaches. Excuse I have me. Not drafted Najee Harris, man. Like it's, exactly, he's I'm the scared. one that's like, not because it was the volume with Roethlisberger with the dump offs, yes. and then last year it regressed. Because like, the foot could have played a part in it. Yes. And now in this year, you expect Pickett to open up the offense more. Well, and I think the other factor is people love Jalen Warren. Oh, he's he good, son. The, yeah. He had the big breakaway run, a uh, 62-yard run. We did start to see him get involved a little bit last year. So if Warren takes passing down work away from Najee Harris, that's going to be a major problem. Now, Harris was not good in the first half. He got better. You alluded to the foot, and he was playing through it. But that's the problem, man. It's just these volume backs. These guys are scary. Now, I know the other side's going to be like, well, his offensive line wasn't as good and they improved. He's yet to average four yards per carry in a season, man. It's 3.9. Yeah. This is not an explosive He's a volume package. guy. Yes. And do you want to rely on a volume guy in rounds two, like two, three? And if Warren is that good and they have to get him involved? I mean, this could be a 60-40 split, 65-35. That's going to hurt Najee. And then, if it's, and then if he's not scoring touchdowns, then it's really going to be a problem. And it's not like he's a big touchdown guy. Right. So, 
that's like there's always a few players I'm like torn on. I go back and forth. He's one of them, but I have not been able to click the draft button on Najee Harris this year. Yeah, it's kind of tough. You've been able to click that button on Jameer Gibbs? Yes, um, a couple times. I just think that when you look at this offense right now, he's going to be targeted heavily. Uh, they, they're they thin at wide receiver, man. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, Josh Reynolds might be the two right now with Jamison Williams suspended for the first six games. You got Laporta, who's going to be a big part of the offense, but I think Gibbs is going to have to be heavily involved early catching the football. I know he's going to lose goal line carries, obviously, to David Montgomery, who's a good pick, too, in round seven. You know, you want this offense. It's the Jamal Williams role of last year. I don't expect him to get as many touchdowns. Yeah, but every time he's turning the TV on, he's doing that stupid-ass dance. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I've taken Gibbs in a couple leagues. I mean, the price is high. I get it. Um, he went 3-1 in the GST. Um, you, you pretty much got to get him in the third round. I yeah, think I took him the in third the round um, back. Did I take him in the uh, – I think my last beat out of Ronis League in the uh, – FFWC, I think I took him in round three, if I remember correctly. I think I started two receivers and came back with him. Um, let me ask you this. Where are you at on um the wide receiver room in Kansas City? Um, I do like Sky Moore. I took him in the GST. I think it was round uh eight. Okay. Yeah, round eight. Tony and Tony went one pick before in that draft. He went eight three. I took Sky Moore at eight four. Tony, look. Like, I want to like Tony, but, like, the dude doesn't stay on the field. No. And Flag football. Yeah, man. It's like, and it's consistent. He has the ability. And we saw in limited action last year in this offense, you know, he produced. But can we really count on him to play half the season at this point? So I'll take Sky Moore. Rice, I know he had a bad drop in the last preseason game. Now I'll take him in the double-digit rounds. I did early take Justin Ross really late. Um, but, man, is it going to just be the same story where they spread it around again and it's Kelsey and a bunch of other – I think Sky Moore can play a big role. I know he wasn't good last year, but it was a rookie. Um, so he's the guy that I like the most. But this could be a case of maybe them spreading it around again and we're all like, oh, yeah, should have taken Kelsey again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's probably what it all boils down to. You know, Ronis, the last time Travis Kelsey didn't have, I believe, at least 70 catches and 1,000-yard receiving was 2015. That's insane, man. That's I, wild. Have you drafted him anywhere? No, I haven't gotten him yet. Neither son. <laughs> I need to get him before we, before, we get to, before we get to next Thursday, though, because I, he's so dominant. I, again, the only question with Kelsey is age. Yeah. That is it, right? He's 33 years old, turns 34 in October, and we – because I kind of said it last year. I'm like, all right, well, one of these years – and he had one of his best seasons ever, and he just does it year after year. I think we just all have a little trepidation about taking him in the first round, taking a tight end, but he just does it every year. I was going to take him in my home league. I had picked nine, and he went, I think, pick seven. So I was like, you know what? In this league, I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, but he didn't make it to me. Yeah, oh, he went pick six. So if he would have made it to me at nine, I probably would have done it. But you're right. I think if I do, ah, man, can you do it though in a league with three receivers and two flexes? It makes it difficult in that type of league. But you got to just think to yourself, okay, I'm just okay. It's I'm not. Don't worry about the roster. Worry about the stats. Yeah, and I'm typically that type of person. I always say in the first few rounds, take the best players available and then fill in your roster. So 
Oh man, yeah, I, I kind of I, I want to come away with at least one Kelsey. If not, I don't want to be sitting there like last year and be like, oh yeah, I wish I had Kelsey because I didn't have him last year either. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Has it been anybody that you've changed your mind on in the preseason? Like for me, I was big Malik Davis. Now I'm Deuce Vaughn. I was also Panthers going to win the NFC South. Now I'm like, Frank Reich may not know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> who, uh, who do you got winning, Atlanta? I don't, I, I'm, you know, I'm still going, I'm, I'm not going to jump off Carolina yet. Okay. But if they get the quarterback killed, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, um, that division to me is so wide open. Um, I know a lot of people picking the Saints. They have a really good schedule. They're a great defense to target in your draft because yeah. the first six weeks are amazing. I worry about the Saints coach. But now I worry yeah, about the Panthers coach now, too. You know, the whole yeah. division got terrible coaches. You got Toilet Bowls. You got Frank Wright, who looked like he lost. I think Arthur Smith is probably the best coach in the division. Yeah, I think I did, like, an FSGA draft and took the Falcons to win a division. I mean, yeah. they lost odds. Yeah, but again, I would not be surprised. The only team, obviously, I would be surprised that one is Tampa, but I – I think you can make a case for all the other, oh, three, yeah, the other three teams. Saints, Panthers, and Falcons. They play each other week one. Atlanta's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I would take the hook with Carolina because it's probably going to be a three-point game. Yeah, that's going to be yeah, a field goal game right to. there. It's a division game. I think you have to. Where are you at on Cam Akers? Um, I think I took them in the Scott Fishbowl, and I think that's it. Like I was kind of optimistic, but now you're hearing a lot about Kyron Williams being involved. In this offense, they really do like him. I mean, last year we heard he was going to be involved. He got hurt. Uh, so, Akers, like I have, like in the low, low RB2, but I found it difficult to draft him. I, it's a, that his story, too, man. Like, they wanted him out, man. And then he comes back and he basically won people leagues last year. Yeah, I know. It was real weird what's going on out there. So, like, to me, he's not someone I'm drafting aggressively. Like, I typically do go wide receiver heavy early, and you know I try to get one running back in the first few rounds, and then I hammer wide receiver, and then I just, and I, I've been doing this for years. Like I think a lot of people kind of are, are seeing it this year. They're like, oh, look at all these running backs. But I always do it because my thing is when you're playing in a very competitive league, and especially like the format where it's two running backs, three receivers, two flex. If I'm going to be weak anywhere, it's going to be RB two or tight end. Like, that's an RB2. And look, there's some years where you're searching to fill it in every week. It might not work out. But I'd rather do that than be weak at the other positions. Tight end's going to depend on where I'm drafting. Like, I do have, getting Darren Waller now is like impossible, bro. I got him in the early August, the beat Adam Ronald's League in FFWC. Darren yeah. Waller, 7 2. Yeah. That he, is not happening anymore. No, he's he going to lead the Giants in targets this year. Yeah, man. Like, that's why. Like, and he's my third-ranked tight end in my rankings. And he was even before – and I had him in my initial rankings four, and I moved him up to three. So I was always high on Waller just because you look at that team and it was like, okay, they have a bunch of receivers but no one that commands the ball. They don't have a number one. And he fits Daniel Jones perfectly. They needed a guy over the middle – he looks healthy right now. I know people are concerned all oh, the hamstring issues. He's 31. And he looks like he really wants to be there. Like, he just seems like he's happy. So, 
but it's impossible to get him now. Like, you, you got to reach on him now. Like, I think in my home league, he went in the middle of round four. Yeah. Like, and I knew it. I was like, all right, if he comes back to me, I was picking nine. So I'm like, if he comes back to me around five, I'm taking him. But I'm like, there's no chance he's going to come back to me. And to, 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 to back your point on the tight end situation, right, the player who I have the most shares of going into the year at this point, Ronis, is George Kittle. Because where he's going, I'm like, I can grab this third wide receiver or I can grab George Kittle, who's going to put up more than this third wide receiver. I like the way he played with Brock last year. I'm in on Kittle. I am out, man. Why? Um, Because a a multitude of factors. Again, he is a great football player. And I've always said this. I said if he was in Kansas City, he might put up better numbers than Kelsey. I think as an all-around tight end, he's better. But he's in the wrong team, man. They just they have too many weapons on this team. Yeah. You got to remember, Kittle put a lot of those numbers up when Debo was out. When this team is completely healthy, like I just don't see how they're all not going to succeed. Like yeah. he needs he needs an injury. So he had a 16% target share last year. And the only reason why he finished well was touchdowns. He had a 12.8% touchdown rate. That can't last. Uh, you don't think so, the touchdowns are part of his game, though? No. Do Go look at his history. Last year was the first big year. That's he had the six, biggest problem with five. Him. Yeah, you're right. This is it's the first terrible. year of double digits. That's not and, terrible so, for a tight uh, he, end. Okay. Six touchdowns not terrible for a tight end. In six. Okay, so last year when Ayuk, Debo, McCaffrey, and him were all active, there were six games. Four of them were played with Purdy. Kittle had a target share of 11.5%. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, he he's going to need Debo or Ayuk to see it. Like, all of them. I haven't drafted any of them, man. I don't like, like the team a lot. I don't like the team a this year. What? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think the team is going to regress a little bit this year. You do. They play in the uh, NFC, so they're still going to have a top right. record. But I, I don't know. I Listen, it's hard to say. You, it's easy to say you can get a book on somebody, but I'm not gonna say they got a book on Purdy now. But I think you can get after this team. Okay, well, I mean, well, I, I think Seattle could win that division. I'll I agree. That. If San Francisco was in the AFC North, would they win that division? No, they would not. I mean, that's a tough division itself. Like, you can, I can make a case. For all of those teams winning the division. Maybe not Cleveland, depending on how you look at Cleveland. Yeah. Um, but Cleveland would sure. be a playoff team in the NFC. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, we all know the NFC is weaker. But, again, I have not – and it could burn me, but I have not drafted – man, I have not – I think I might have one Iuke, and it was just because, like, all right, well, what if I'm – the problem is I just don't see how are all these guys going to live up to their ADP. It's impossible. Yeah. McCaffrey goes in round one. Kittle goes as a top five tight end, like round five or six. Debo goes in round three, and IU goes in round four or five. So, and then Purdy is like twentieth, yeah, at quarterback. So, and I know the argument it's, might be, well, you well, so we know someone's going to get hurt, and you have to have the guy. I don't know, man. I found it really difficult to draft any of these guys because when they're completely healthy, you know. They're gonna your Debo's gonna have a big week and then it'll be IU, then it'll be Kittle, like and you're gonna put these guys in your lineup every week. You have to. Yep. So there you go right there. Alright. So next week we'll get a chance to get back on here, chat some more, give you some final advice for your drafts, and then obviously we'll get ready to start setting lineups as we take you through this 
uh, this NFL season slash fantasy football season. It is Fantasy Foes right here on the Cloud 10 Podcast Network. For Adam Ronis, this is your boy, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson. Until next time, we are out.